0: And welcome to episode 7 of the World Hoppers Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping out new readers navigate Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere, but also provide some discussion for longtime fans who may also want to introduce someone to the series. I am Shane and I am here with my co-hosts Alphantina and Alana. Hello there, I'm from Hi. here. Hi. Today we will be discussing the Hero of Ages. We will be avoiding spoilers for the rest of the series, which is essentially at this point Era Two and Secret History, but we will have spoilers for everything else, including all of Stormlight. So if you're not caught up, go read and then come back. We will be waiting for you. Yes, always. Yep. So I really think the most important thing to talk about, just right out of the gate, is the shards. Yes. Because this is, uh, these books were being published. This was the first big Cosmere thing that we. Like saw and like knew what it was, and it was around this time that Brandon started revealing what the Cosmere was and how everything was connected to the fans. Mm-hmm. None of us really around back then. Alf is the closest one at the Elspinger release, but I have read many WARS from that time, so I do know that it was like around the publication of *Hero of Ages* and uh, *Warbreaker* that he started to learn all that. Yeah. Besides,
1: I think it's if you follow the reading order that it's meant to highlight the Cosmere connections. This is the. First first explicit mention of the shards and even if the whole context of the 16 other shards and their creation and all that context is not given, you can pretty much get a grasp on how they work and some of the mechanics. I think it's very interesting how it's done by this comparison between two opposites because these are not just any shards, these are two opposite shards. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely a good combination to start with this. And they
0: are the most diametrically opposed of the 16 shards. Like, we don't know, like, all their names yet. We're still missing two, but Brandon has said that they are the most diametrically opposed out of all of them, and definitely. they happen to settle on one planet, so you get some very interesting dynamics there. Yeah, and it's definitely easy for newer
2: readers to understand these two, um, because they have very, kind of, primal things with, like, creation and ruin. Like, those are two concepts that yeah. you can understand really well. Whereas, like, whenever you get into, like, the stormlight ones with, like, cultivation and odium and honor, like, those start getting a bit more murky in, like, their motivations and stuff.
0: Yeah, and then you get to, uh, like, the ones that we don't have such big works on, like, for Taldane or Threnody, where they have, shared, like, ambition or mm-hmm, uh, autonomy. autonomy. And those are, like, very strange concepts to think about. Mm-hmm. Even if we do see a bit of those times we don't even know what's going on with Valor or Whimsy or Invention or a Missing One, uh Mercy. That are mercy. the four new ones we got mm. in Rhythm of War. Yeah. So like I do think that starting with Mistborn is a very good idea. Like to know like what the shards are. And even like Dominion, Devotion and Endowment that are much clearer than for example like honor and cultivation mm-hmm. are still a bit complex. So starting with Miss is Definitely a good idea to understand the concepts of the shards. Yeah.
1: Besides something I think it's really important for the Hero of Ages is that even if you have, for example, started with the Stormlight Archive, this trilogy it's a really good foundation for Cosmere wide concepts, and it's actually super entertaining and well done and well finished and funny to read and appealing. So it's it's a good training to start to get a better grasp on things like the physical realm, the cognitive. Room, the capitalized words which are probably indicating the name of a shard or concepts like intent, so it's very nice and it's also a very good example of the strong way in which the shards influenced the magic system that come from them. Well, and besides, something very important about Skateriel and the shards, these powers that these two shards can provide are one of the most cosmere usable magical system that I can think of because yeah, they're if you... Not region Right, if you have access to this investiture, Alamancy, Ferrucimi, or, well, Hemology, with just a little bit of metal you can do the magic. You don't have such Mm -hmm. a strong connection that we know of with the planet. You are kind of just dependent of the amount of source of powers that you have, which is a metal. So I can definitely see this magical system becoming very important and very relevant for the future Cosmere in which all the crossovers take place.
2: Yeah, you don't have to worry about, like, replenishing your stormlight or making sure that you are within a certain distance of a Elantris. Like, this is a very portable <laughs> type of magic. That was the word I was
1: looking for. Portable. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of weird, but yes, exactly. Portable, I mean, you don't depend on the high storm to arrive, the ever storm. Awakening, it's kind of half and half, besides we don't know much, and you can do Awakening with other forms of investiture, we know that, but the full mechanics of how that works, it's still not very clear, so definitely the easier one to take to different planets and do some misgives. And guess who can access these powers? Of
0: course, Hoyt. So yeah. yeah. We know for a fact Hoyt is an allomancer. He took one of the lyrasian beats at the well which we talked about last spoiler episode and we've seen him use allomancy on Roshar in Words of Radiance. Mm-hmm. A dump uh, like dust. dust into his cup. <laughs> Mysterious he's dust. He's been clearly using emotional allomancy in some cases. Like mm-hmm. Parties and that, uh, but also like about how uh, this series is a good foundation for like cosmere white things. I do think that, especially when you get into feruchemy and heme allergy, and like the uses they have for the metals, there you do get a bit of the uh, spiritual like mumbo jumbo stuff. Like all I love terms. that term. Mumbo jumbo. Still don't understand it <laughs> because we have no idea what's going on with the heme allergy chart and all the spiritual mumbo jumbo. Stuff there you do more or less get an introduction to the idea of those concepts in the cosmic and a bit of the relevance.
1: Yeah, I mean, other than the Hero of Ages, only secret history is a Cosmere text that explains a lot of this cognitive and spiritual stuff and that I has to do so with like
0: the getting there with Rhythm mm-hmm. of War.
1: Yeah, kind of, but I, I feel like uh, Rhythm of War assumes that the reader already knows That's true. Uh, a lot about the Cosmere. So, or at least, in my opinion, I can pretty clearly see that Stormlight is meant to say, hey, everything you read on this previous books, this is how it is all starting to connect. Um, But it's not as explanatory for a first time reader of the Cosmere as the Hero of Ages. So actually talking about that, um, the very very important Cosmere thing that we are introduced in this book by the epigraph, mostly, is that you have three aspects for each of the shards. You have the mind, you have the body and you have the spiritual part of the shards. And each one of these two shards that lived in Scyadriel and actually created the planet, they have like given space to a metallic art which are homology, and allomancy, and they, I assume, because of the fact that they created the planet together, have had, as a consequence of their interaction, given place to ferrochemy.
2: Yeah, they're, as we've said before, three very interesting magic systems, especially with the way they interact with each other and the balance that you see, because balance does become more important, like, in the Cosmere, and, like, what happens in the spiritual realm affects what happens in the cognitive realm, and so on and so forth, and so understanding these balance acts that everyone is having to do to keep things like functioning this is a very easy like stepping off point to kind of learn more about and like i think hero of ages really sets the god i am forgetting words um really does a good job of laying the foundation that's what i wanted to say um for all of the cognitive spiritual everything else like that we see later on because like coming from stormlight for me i'm reading this and i'm like oh okay so that's how that's going to like work or so that's how that small thing interacts and that like completely changes stuff that happens in stormlight and how i see the realms interacting so like i thought this did a really good job of laying that groundwork and then also just you learn that and you notice things like that that are in the magic system themselves that like teach you about the interactions because you're introduced to this in the first book going through the three books you slowly get this um, small amount of information that by the end of the series you can now take that and apply to like the Cosmere as a whole and I just I thought that was really well done
1: yeah it clicks together like that awesome satisfying feeling when you put the last piece of a thousand pieces puzzle Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. and it clicks together and you can hear the angels singing in the background something very important for me as the nerd person I am (laughs) is that this is, if we talk about time-wise on the timeline that Brandon did write these books this is the first time that he is making it very clear that he has somehow a science background for his magic system because
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: basically I mean, ruin is entropy and well you can see a lot of thermodynamics analogies in this saga, you can see how whenever you transfer energy or in this case investiture you always lose a little of it you can move energy from one place to another with a hundred percent efficiency so he is introducing that which is a very important element on the Cosmere in which there's always like this physics like adapted physics because it's fiction uh, but it's like an adapted physics thing going on in the background so i definitely love that
2: Oh yeah, and it's so well done and just natural with the way yes. that the characters interact with it. Like nothing seems too forced or like overt about. Look, this is Cosmere mechanics and physics going on. Yeah, they're just so casually mentioned and well done with how it is put into the story that it can be very natural and you don't even notice. Or like me, you're going from Stormlight and going, oh my god, okay, they d- everything works the same, and like every time that someone does something, you get excited. So like there's. So- so many different ways to read the Cosmere, and so I really enjoyed how everything is kept the same so that you can like get really excited about that or just kind of pay attention to other things.
0: Yeah, and I think part sure. of that comes from the way Brandon like wrote these books. First of all, he wrote them straight through, he wrote the whole trilogy one after the other before publishing them, which is what he's going to do with Hero 3 as well. Yay! Yay! So I am very excited for that, other than everything else he said, even though it's changed a billion times. <laughs> but also the fact that he really at this point he wanted to start like revealing like the cosmere he had his outline his like major cosmere outline by now and he had the plan like for all originally three eras of Mistborn, which ended up being four, uh, for now, uh, <laughs> for now because talk Brandon. of a cy- yeah there has <laughs> been t- talk of a cyberpunk book somewhere between era three and four. But Ooh, nice. That's very up in the air. <laughs> Uh, because it's yeah. changed so many times and well also because Brandon doesn't have all the time in the world to write all the books he wants to that's write. That's fair. But like you really wanted to start like introducing people to these cosmere concepts in a natural way. Yeah. I do think that that's part of why this book is such a great introduction to all that.
2: Yeah, so do we want to go into the individual shards that we see here? Because I know we technically see like a total of three, depending on how you count harmony. Harmony is complicated, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm gonna let you guys, you experts, take it from here.
0: Yeah, so uh, first we have Ruin, that was the shard held by Ati, or Ati, however you want to pronounce it. Ati. And Ruin's magic system is Hemology, and so... Because of that nature, Ruin can take control of hemorrhagic constructs. He can control the inquisitors, like we see with Marsh. He can control the Coloss, like we see like at the end of this book. And the khandras specifically are avoiding his control, mm. but they essentially commit suicide like, to prevent Ruin from finding uh, the ATM stash that they've kept so many years on the Lord Ruler's orders. And hemorrhagy is a very interesting magic system. We can talk about it for ages.
1: Oh, we should definitely make an episode or a couple of episodes in which we talk about the different magic systems. But if we talk about what has to do with actually the Hero of Ages book, I think it's in line with the thermodynamics thing I said before. It's very interesting the way that hemology and the concept of ruin are very reminiscent of entropy. Because, for example, in this book, ruin is Mm -hmm. described as a thing that destroys... A thing that takes ability by hemology, it's it takes ability from one person and it gives it to another person. So the main thing with the concept of entropy is that when they try to ex- when people try to explain that in a over simplistic way, they say it's just chaos or disorder. And actually if Entropy, by the second law of thermodynamics, is supposed to always be increasing in our universe. How is it that we have order Mm -hmm. in anything? Like in planets, in molecules, in pretty much anything. Well, the thing that it's brilliantly done in the universe and in the concept of Ruin is that entropy will always increase and sometimes in order to do so, you will have order that will lead to further disorder. It's pretty much like mm. that. So, the thing with Ruin is that Ruin is willing, let's call him a he, because he's it's a shard hole by yeah the vessel Ati, who is a male. So He is willing to create stuff or to a determine amount of order in the world or in whatever he is planning in order to get a bigger mess of the world after that. So the thing with... Which is essentially uh, like what he did with preservation
0: when they created... It's exactly that.
1: And it's exactly the way that hemorrhagic works because whenever you take something from a person with hemorrhagic, you like... You lose a little bit of that person in order to get a more order construct like uh, an inquisitor with several powers and with a more complex physiology. But the cost of that is that you lose something, which it's like very good
2: analogy for that.
0: And that makes uh, hemology and and negative. Right. Don't worry about the end positive and neutral and negative. That's mostly just describing like uh, how the power in the magic s- system works like for example awakening or hero mm. will be end neutral because it, you gain the same as you use like so you store it and then you use it and then you can uh, gain it Yeah again. but that's an, another oh, okay.
1: interesting. That's another terminology that it's introduced in this book and it's Cosmere-wide, and positive, and neutral, mm. and negative. In this case it's very, very clear, I mean, hemology and Ruin give a negative magic system, Allomancy and Preservation, <laughs> and positive and the combination of both Ferrucimi and neutral. So yeah.
0: So don't worry about that, those are just things we've come up with based on the way the magic systems are mm-hmm. organized, so that we can have a more like organized way of saying the magic systems. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
2: I'm very interested to see how this plays out in the future, and I almost kind of wish that Brandon had written, like, the more not positive in the organization sense but like positively viewed power as being like the ruined one and like how chaos or disorder is necessary at times yeah i i think that would have been very interesting but i am very excited to see harmony because i thought it was a great way of representing preservation as not being able to like create or destroy anything like literally just preserving and that whole idea and so i thought that was just very well done and so i'm very excited to see how harmony kind
0: of plays out yeah and like you see like for example the concept of change are mm-hmm. uh, very explored in these books and change is important i mean there's a reason change is one of the dawn shards even though we don't know the other three um but yeah. and changing I mean, like change cycles is important
2: Yes, Kind of like how we see with Stormlight, where you have, like, the storm that will come and wipe everything out every so often. Or how you have the different cycles of, of Skadriel, I guess, not the final empire, but, like, before the Lord Ruler, during the Lord Ruler, after the Lord Ruler. Right. Like, you have these different kind of Wheel of Time cycles hmm. where, like... It's not the end. It's not the beginning. It's just a change and a change. It's shift just a beginning to start again. Uh, yes, yeah, we exactly. All love
1: that. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm hoping to see if this is this cyclical thing. It's something bigger in the Cosmere in the future. But yeah, it's definitely exciting, and I love the way in which Brandon he actually explored the. Very simple and well-known metaphor in which the extremes are not the best thing, in which mm-hmm. balance is powerful but at the same time limited. So he explores the pros and cons of each extreme: the preservation, the ruin, and in era two, he explores the limitations of harmony. We see kind of the how overpowered harmony is in the way mm-hmm. that Sayset can remake the world and in the end of this book, but the real challenge comes when he has to like run the business (laughs) if this is a business that he that he created that he opened he has to run it now and it's a planet and it's people a civilization so he has to balance this ruin and preservation
0: and since they are so diametrically opposed it is very hard to do so i mean this is more of a thing that we see like in era too, so I won't spoil it. But, I mean, we do see like Caesar talking about this in the Rhythm of War epigraphs, and even in the Oathbringer ones, like the ones that come from him in the uh, letters.
1: We have seen several Shards talking about their experience um, wielding their powers and doing Shardic business, but Caesar mm-hmm. has particularly announced that he has a hard time doing pretty much everything, no, anything um, regarding his Shardic powers and that's not something that we see with the other ones like it's mentioned several times and i have not read a mention mm-hmm. of this difficulty on doing stuff or on influencing the planets from uh, ruin preservation honor cultivation they can even influence the planets if they are dead but Seyseth somehow is having a lot of trouble doing godly stuff
0: yeah Uh, So I think we see most of this in uh, the letters in Oathbringer and in Rhythm of War. So the third letter in the Oathbringer epigraphs, like starting from chapter 53, uh, are the ones written by Sazed. I'll read that one completely and then I'll read parts of the Rhythm of War one. The Oathbringer one says, Friend, your letter is most intriguing, even revelatory. I would have thought, before attaining my current station, that a deity could not be surprised. Obviously, this is not true. I can be surprised. I can perhaps be even naive, I think. I am the least equipped of all to aid you in this endeavor. I am finding that the powers I hold are in such conflict that the most simple of actions can be difficult. I am also made uncertain by your subterfuge. Why have you not made yourself known to me before this? How is it that you can hide? Who are you truly, and how do you know so much about Daedon if you will speak to me further, I request open honesty. Return to my lands, approach my servants, and I will see what I can do for your quest.
1: Visit me openly, so that I can offer tea and cookies for you, and I can be a, a good host <laughs> for you in my planet.
0: Yeah, that's so sassy, friend.
2: It really is.
0: He talks about these like diametrically like opposed, uh, like powers, and how mm. like he has it. He's finding it hard to use them, like, even for the most simple of actions, uh, like he says.
1: Very interesting. I hope we get a point of view from him in the future. That would be amazing. Oh, that would be very interesting. To see how a shark thinks. Yeah. And how is it that these two powers collide within him?
2: Yeah, and I think a part of the reason that he has this difficulty is the, like, fact that there are two shards and I know that's like not saying much because that's pretty obvious but like how he is not able to just like let the shard take control where I feel like a lot of the other shard vessels have been the vessel for so long like with AT they just kind of have become like the shard whereas Seizet is retaining a bit more of his own personality and his own thoughts as he is working with both of these because he can't just sit back and let one of them take control. He's actively having to work to balance them and to be harmony. So there's a bit more like of an active role there, I feel right. like.
1: Let me as- ask a thing, guys. So we see in the latter um, epigraphs of Rhythm of War that Seiseth and Hoid are discussing what is more prevalent. Is it the vessel intent or the shard intent? And I can't remember right now if Seiseth keeps insisting in the importance of the vessel, or if it was the other way around.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll uh, read that uh, now. Oh, right. <laughs> I have it open right here. So all I'll right. just read parts of the Rhythm of War letter, because not the whole thing is relevant at this point, and then we'll get stuck talking about the new shards. So we'll, we'll talk about that on some other episode. For now, let's talk about what's relevant here. <laughs> Yeah, he true. says, yeah. I have begun searching for a pathway out of this conundrum by seeking the ideal person to act on my behalf. Someone who embodies both ruin and preservation. A sword, you might say, who can both protect and kill. Regardless of all the theories about who this person is, which we can't talk about because that's U2 material. Like, this is important, that Seizid is looking for someone who can do what he can't. Uh, further showing how Seizid can't uh, do much because these powers are so... Like, different to each other. He talks about how the shards are ignoring warnings about Odium, and he continues I do not share their attitude. If you can, as you suppose, maintain Odium's prison for an hour, it would give us necessary time to plan. This is a threat beyond the capacity of one shard to face. Unfortunately, as proven by my own situation, the combination of shards is not always the path to greater power. We must assume that Odium has realized this and is seeking a singular, terrible goal. The destruction, and somehow splintering or otherwise making impotent, of all shards other than him. Combined powers which change and distort who Odium is, so instead of, of absorbing others, he destroys them. Since we are all essentially infinite, he needs no more power. Destroying and splintering the other shards would leave Odium as the sole god, unchanged and uncorrupted by other influences. You say that the power itself must be treated as separate in our minds from the vessel who controls. I find this difficult to do on an intrinsic level, as though although I am neither ruin of, or, nor preservation, they make up Regardless, I will try to do as you request. However, you seem more afraid of the vessel. I warn you that this is a flaw in your understanding. You have not felt what I have, you have not known what I have. You rejected the chance, and and wisely, I think. However, though you think not as a mortal, you are their kin. The power of Odium's shard is more dangerous than the mind behind it, particularly since any investiture seems to gain a will of its own when not controlled. My instincts say that the power of Odium is not being controlled well. The vessel will be adapted to the power's will, and after this long Odium is still seeking to destroy. Then it is because of the power. Of course, I will admit this is a small quibble, a difference of semantics more than anything. In truth, it would be a combination of the vessel's craftiness and the power's intent that we should fear the most.
1: Oh, it's not a matter of semantics in my opinion. I think he is so wrong in this case. So the answer to my question is, he thinks the power is more dangerous than the vessel and I think that's a very biased opinion, I mean he can do anything because he's holding these two opposite things and besides his experience, his traumatic, rather traumatic experience was with ruin and we know by previous letters coming from Hoy that Ati, the vessel, was kind of a nice guy, and we see that he is definitely not a, guy, a nice guy in, in *The Hero of Ages*. So, Caesar, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is biased by the fact that Ati became, or maybe even chose, to embrace the nature of the shard and completely became this evil ruin, and that's what make what is making him think that the shard is more prevalent than the Vessel. I mean, the Vessel are or were humans after all, so they are probably different in stubbornness. I mean, they, they can make choices, they, they have different backgrounds. So my conclusion for this is so mm-hmm. is wrong and as terve, Audium is gonna be way more powerful than any other person using um, that shard. I, that shard.
0: Uh, yeah, I kind of disagree with this, mostly because, I mean, okay, yeah, Taravaginusorium is definitely terrifying, More right? dangerous than the previous Tarion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But, I don't think we should be asoid and discounting uh, the power of the shards. After all, the shard does take over their vessel eventually. We knew this for a long mm-hmm. time through words of Brandon before it got confirmed in this letter and actually, uh, like, part of book canon. Right, and the shards are immensely powerful. I mean, Caesar talks about them having, essentially, infinite power. Sure, it has a bigger infinite than most shards because he's holding two, even, well, if they are opposed, then he can't do much with them. But, like, they do have infinite power, and they are, like, they've done a lot. I mean, God, Roshik wasn't even holding all the power of preservation, and he was able to move a planet, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I do think that the right point of view here is uh, what uh, says it says at the end. It's the combination of a vessel's craftiness and the power's intent that we should fear the yeah. most.
2: Yeah. That's what I was gonna say is, I think a lot of it comes down to intent, and at least as far as I know, the the shard itself cannot really have an intent besides its, like, name. Like, it just is that force. It's not, like, thinking or planning or plotting. That all comes down to the vessel. And so what the Vessel intends to do with the Shard makes it more dangerous when the Vessel is, like, in their right mind. Later on, the I feel like no matter what you do, the Shard will take over, and you will give in to that. But until it does, I think it can really go either way. Um, because you can have Sazed who is willing to, like, make this sacrifice and take on both, and be almost completely powerless despite the sheer amount of power he might, might supposedly have. Or you can have like Taravangian, who was crazy on his own and has now taken on Odium and is just so I terrifying. Mean, the,
1: the thing with, with Taravangian, if you keep apart the wound with cultivation and the sm- smart day and mm-hmm. the stupid day or um, more sensitive days, the thing with him that makes him dangerous to hold the Shard of Odium are much more revealed in his philosophical conversations with Dalinar. Because his mm-hmm. ideologies in combination with Odium's power... Because sometimes I used to think, when, when I was reading, I, I would be like... Sometimes you can be right to Revanjan, but sometimes you're being too extreme in your ideas. So I kind of agree with yeah. him at some points. But taken to, an, taken, to an, yeah, taken to an extreme, that would have probably um, been problematic. So the thing is, he's, the way he thinks, the way he sees the world is what's dangerous in comparison. And besides, he was clearly a master with politics. Uh, he was um, a mastermind mm-hmm. with, for, for politics and for plots, and he knew how to deal with people. So, I mean, the the smart and stupid days, they were just like a variant for the
2: way he acted. He was able to go to any extent to justify his own, like means and ends right. like he could justify any action that he took and I think that's what really scares me is because he pretty much doesn't have a conscience in that way like no matter what he does he thinks it is completely okay and right yes
1: but but connecting in this way actually says what I think is that we probably are seeing a more prevalent say said in this harmony than in other shards because I think that the fact that these two shards are colliding with each other in this new thing that has been created is allowing says the actual says the terrorist man that we knew, is allowing him to remain as he was a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is a very metaphysical Cosmere debate that we're having, I think that both parts in the Hoyt and Harmony discussions are biased by their own experiences. And my personal opinion is that Saiset probably remains as he used to be because of the nature of his situation, which is holding two shards. But, I mean, I want to make some clarifications before we go on, because if you have been reading like The Cosmere in a rush because you're binging, because we understand that it's super awesome and super entertaining and addictive, um. <laughs> It would be interesting to yep. make some clarifications regarding the nature of the shard. Lakes. What we're mentioning here are clearly distinction between intent and the mind of the shard. The mind of the shard being a reference to the vessel, and there's also the spiritual mm-hmm. part, which is the mambo jumbo. That it's a big raffle that we don't understand much, and we don't know if we will be explained by Sanderson because that's probably going to be left to interpretation, at least at some extent. So. Going back to the Hero of Ages, I think it's very nicely built the way in which these three things are distinct but working together, even if they are different things. The mind, the body or the physical aspect of the shard, and the spiritual aspect of the shard. The most spiritual uh, reference we get is the narration of Seised while he's ascending, the way he describes he gets all these, con- his, his consciousness expanded and the way he can see everything. And do we get that from Bin, maybe a little bit, when she ascended? That she could like push the, the volcanoes and currents yeah. of sea or something like that?
2: Yeah, she had like one chapter where she went through right, that. That,
1: that omniscience is basically the way they see everything, or at least how I interpret that they, the, that's the way they see everything on the spiritual realm. And, well, actually, if you have read Stormlight and are still hearing this, otherwise I hope you're not, because you will be
2: very spoiled. Um, you, yeah, please do not be here if you haven't read spe- unless Stormlight Unless you're a spoiler
1: spread, in which case you can contact me and I will protect no, you. No, even then. I will then, provide the love then, for you. <laughs> I will accept your words and you're, you will be okay. But yeah, this is probably very confusing, other than spoilery if you haven't like Red Rhythm of War, but it's very clear the way that this connects with the existence of the three realms in the, in the Cosmere. So I mean, I will never get tired of repeating this. The first Mesborn trilogy is such a wonderful job at explaining the basics of the Cosmere for someone who is just starting and it's such a good foundation basis for everything that happens after that.
2: And. Even if it is a little more boring it's than the others, not, it's just gonna not. say that. <laughs> okay,
1: that's a matter of opinion.
2: I really enjoyed it, but it's a it's a very specific writing style. Uh, I mean, like coming back after reading other books in the Cosmere, I'm definitely sticking with it, and I really enjoy it. But if I had read this before everything else, may not have stuck okay. around.
1: I mean, my personal experience with. With the Cosmere was with the yeah Cosmere I think we all read Stormlight before Mistborn yeah I mean I started yeah. with the Cosmere with the Way of Kings after that I went straight for Wars of Radiance and after that there were no more books because it was 2017 oh god
2: I can't imagine so,
1: that. so um, Oathbringer <laughs> was out that year like by November so I had to read something and when I when you're craving for the next mm-hmm. Stormlight book and you read oh, Mistborn yeah. era one you are like out of your mind. Besides, you see the letters and it's it all clicks together. I mean, reading Oath Ringer and finding mm-hmm. the letters right after finishing the first Mesmer trilogy for, like, my first
2: time was wonderful. But yeah. Okay, do we want to move on to right. preservation? I know we've been stuck a lot on Ruin and right. Harmony. Because I feel like we don't know as much about preservation or are they are just a bit more bland? <laughs> I
1: mean, you will learn more about preservation in other texts from the cosmic, mm, okay, which are either Secret History or Era 2. You will see whenever you read. <laughs> uh, but we're not covering that now. So what we know about preservation from this book, it's actually very peculiar because preservation was, I don't know if the right word is splintered or self-destroyed, um, but it was in
0: a process of decaying, um, let's say. I wouldn't say splintered because otherwise neither Vinyar nor Caesar would have been able to take up the shard, right? Yeah, okay. Because, yeah, like, okay. for example, like nobody can take up the shard. Uh, well, Dominion and Devotion are their whole thing because they're stuffed in the cognitive realm. So let's not talk about them. And we don't yeah, know what happens ambition. with Ambition, but, but presumably nobody shattered. can take it up because uh, the shard is splintered. And Tanavast, uh, who held on her, I mean, nobody has been able to take up on technically.
1: There haven't been three bondsmiths uh, alive ever since Tanavast died, so I think it would probably take the collabor- collaborative effort of three experienced bondsmiths to forge a splintered shard together. And that's a, an aluminum foil high theory, that's not a thing.
0: Yeah, every time people ask Brandon about the unity scene in about or about just Tanavast and then, uh the like, regarding to his splintering, Brandon pretty hardly raffles mm-hmm. them, or, or has his very vague explanations that don't help at all, but uh, presumably no one can take up Tanavast, since he has been splintered uh, by Odium at the moment, and... The Stormfather has part of his power and is kind of like a sliver of tan and bath and the co- whole cognitive shadow thing. It's very confusing. Even I'm confused with all that.
1: I mean, the point with preservation is that it is very well described in the epigraph of this book that preservation was a whole thing and he, Lyras or Lyras, well, however you pronounce him, he decided, he actively decided to put a little bit more of himself in the creation they did together with Ruin. So after after he put a little bit of himself, that at the beginning looked like a very small difference that was almost um, unimportant but with the pass of time as the wheel of time weaved the history and the pattern of Skadriel, the consequence was that it started to fade until finally everything aligned in order to ruin to escape and be freed and we actually see the collapse of the actual shard when the mist spirit dies and it is mentioned that Elend was interacting with uh, the mist spirit at these final times without knowing what it was and that the body fell from the sky in the same way that Vin and Ati fell from the sky when they died. So we see that even if it was not splintered, it was progressively losing itself. And what it was losing was the the consciousness. The vessel was dying. The physical aspect, which is the mist, they remained and the spiritual aspect definitely remained because Bean was able to ascend and so the vessel died.
0: Yeah. And I think the best example we can compare this to other than uh, AT, who been killed uh, when the powers crashed, is race, even if Nice Blood is involved there. Mm. But like race, yeah. like in that case, the vessel died and the power was left free, mm. which is why Terra was able to ascend. So, like, Nightblood was involved, and let's not talk about the Nightblood now. But the whole point is that the shard, like, wasn't splintered. The vessels were the ones that died. So I do think that is a very, like, important, like, distinction uh, to make here.
2: Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, It's very well described. So, other than that, we... Well, we have this mechanic of the Well of Ascension being the source... Well, not the source, but the place in which the power coalesced after a certain period of time, and uh, was the physical thing that was keeping Ruin trapped. So, well, the well was visited by Vin, She released the power. The that had the effect of kind of dissolving the prison, and Ruin was out. So, the mist spirit is something I want to address in future episodes. I don't know what. So story, but we can't
0: write now. That's trading way too close to spoilers.
1: <laughs> I mean. <laughs> All I can promise is that it will not end up here, the thing with the Miss spirit It's better explained, it's very developed, okay. and... I mean, it's an intriguing topic. It's something that made me very curious when I read this for my first time. Ilana, what did you think about that spirit?
2: Oh, God. I had a lot of things about that, <laughs> because I remember you asking me this previously when I first started reading. So I noticed... The Spirit, like, I paid a lot of attention to it and was honestly very confused until we figured out the whole Spike aspect. Because I was like, okay, why does it hate Vin? Like, what's all this antagonism? that we see there about. Yeah, I mean why did it stab Ellen? So many conversations. Like, I get that it stabbed Ellen, like to make her take up the power and try to not release ruin and all of that stuff. At least that's what they think. There might be something more there. But it was acting like a crazy banner, right? Sometimes it was nice, sometimes it was Yeah kind of evil. It was <laughs> all over the place and so that's why I was kind of like, oh I don't know if we should trust it. Ellen's going up to it again and then I think, like, the second that it was saying, like, you can't... It can't read anything. Like, it can't read things on its own. That was, like a big moment whenever you figure out that it was like ripping the paper and everything. So I thought it was really interesting. I don't think the Miss Spirit is like the vessel acting. I think the Miss Spirit was like a manifestation of the vessel's will, if that makes sense. Like it wasn't the vessel itself, but it was the vessel trying to reach out and do like its last thing because you saw that the Miss Spirit like was losing power as the vessel was dying and then finally Ellen make, goes to make it back and like he doesn't see the body fall from the sky and then the mystery is like gone. So that's kind of the way that I saw it I'm interested to see if that is like true or not or if it gets developed further. Um, right. but yeah. it's very confusing besides um, I thought that the business was kind of over
1: with it and then we ha- we have this epigraph in which says it said, Ellen would have seen the death of a god if he would have paid more attention, or if he should have, if he would have stayed there. And I was like, so this was preservation. I mean, I was sure it was not preservation because of how weird and crazy its actions uh, Mm -hmm. seemed to me. But apparently, it was. I think Mister indeed.
2: Yeah. A lot of preservation's actions feel very roundabout, which, like, makes sense when you understand that, like, they can't really do much. They have to preserve that power and energy. But the whole, like stabbing Ellen thing instead of just being like, take the power. <laughs> and the whole thing with pr- preservation killing the like 16th, 16th or whatever of mm-hmm. people. And it's like you really could have done something a little more overt because he was like, I was hoping that you would get like my signs or whatever. And it's like, you, you could have like left us a note or something. Right. I mean, ruin could <laughs> like... appear to people as Kelsier
1: as Rhin, as Vin's brother mm-hmm. and well I think this this is probably the consequence of this disintegration that preservation was suffering from putting a little bit more of himself than he should have into humans.
2: True. Ruin yeah.
1: was fully powered so he could like well he could speak to people and he could polymorph himself into looking however he wanted to but on the other hand preservation was a weird Casper the not-so-friendly sometimes ghost, so... (laughs) The slightly (laughs) stabby ghost.
2: Yeah, well, that was just making me wonder if, now that Sazed has both preservation and ruin, if preservation is back to their full strength, because obviously, like, that part of preservation, I guess, is still in humanity that they created.
1: What if the balance in Harmony is somehow distorted? I have never
0: thought of that. They have been wobs about oh, that. Oh really? Oh, yep. interesting. <laughs> I okay. Really thought
2: of that because I was just thinking like I guess I thought that he gets all the power back, but then like humanity still right. exists there, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. I'm definitely gonna have to look up those wobs later.
0: Yeah. So I found this one. I have. I'm not finding exactly the one I've been looking for, but this one is a bit. Uh-huh. Uh, the wo- uh-huh. oh. Yeah. Okay. With bits and pieces of the respective pieces of harmony still lying about, this harmony actually skewed in one way or another, if even if slightly, and does say that its personalities circumvent this in any way. This personality can always circumvent the powers; it just gets harder and harder to hold out the centuries past. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the kind of like isolation that comes with the shards and how like you don't have other people there to keep you strong, like Sazed relied on a lot of his close friends in the Hero of Ages. So I just feel kind of bad for him. He did the right thing, but he also gave up all those like human connections that he had. Yeah, he became god. That's a tough job. He found an answer to his questions, oh, but- Oh, I mean...
1: <laughs> imagine to have that crisis and then having to become god. I mean, so much responsibility. the yeah. keeper that has the memory of every existing religion, there was no one better suited for the job rather than him, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Which is why it, it makes me a bit sad that he's trying to find someone to, like, replace him. Oh, you, but, but you said
1: that I because of the rhythm of war thing? Yeah.
0: I don't the think word, it's replace yeah. him because that's someone not what he's saying. To,
1: someone to he's saying his someone...
0: Power. No, no no no. It's no. kind
1: of a champion if, if you
0: Yeah, if it's you a bit mean. like a champion. In my opinion. Yeah. This is
1: not something that it's said in any anywhere, in any book, in any walk okay. that I heard of. I just thought of that mention of him needing a sword because otherwise, to fight in name like,
0: ruin yeah, Otherwise like what he's champion. saying like wouldn't make sense. He needs someone to be able to do what he can't holding both shards because he is holding mm. both shards. So if someone is replacing him it just doesn't make uh, But that. Yeah, yeah, I
2: kind of took that to be that he like doesn't he doesn't think he's strong enough to wield both shards or something. Yeah, he's and that someone unable. else is and I'm just like says it. I thought we got through this whole like identity crisis and self-doubt thing a while ago.
1: Always the questioning one, says so. it. That's Yeah. A very important part of his character. That's
2: true in any universe.
1: <laughs> but I mean I don't even know why I think of this little mention as says that wanting a champion because we don't even know what being the champion means in stormlight in the confrontation between Dalinar and Odium what I- what is it to be the champion of someone
0: what I- what does it involve Oh okay so, <laughs> I found it. Evolve, so I found it I found it I found it I found it Oh nice so nice uh, Janeiro asks, in era one, it, there was an imbalance between ruin and preservation because humans had a bit more preservation than ruin in them. After harmony became a thing, did this imbalance become irrelevant because both powers were turned into one? Or is it something that says it had or has to deal with? Brandon, this is a raffle for now. Should come up in era three. <gasps> oh my
2: god, So I no. am very,
0: very curious. Such a short uh. answer. But... I didn't think Last this was a man. raffle. <laughs> Storming so, yeah man.
1: I mean, we are always- well. Chey and I are always raffling people for the Cosmere, and now Branderson is smiting us with his, the yeah. mostiest
0: raffle. That's world. what happens when you go on, like, our kingdom, like, deep dive rabbit holes, um, is that yeah, but you get raffles most, and you're always so frustrated with Brandon.
1: The most interesting thing about those raffles is when they have, like, a note that says and he giggled
0: oh my god Yeah. such a big ruffle and he giggled and I'm like
1: because
0: he or that expression he he
1: ruffle
0: yeah like that expression he gets when he knows he's hiding something from us that we really want to know the most recent spoiler stream was a very good example of that he's like Brandon don't Justin don't and then we have a completely funny expression that has nothing to do with him hiding things from us. With the suggestion of using anti investiture to clear up Cell's cognitive problem, which he cleared Cell was a very, very bad idea.
2: I did have another clarifying question. Did Sazed himself take on the shards, or are they like
0: in his metal mines? No, no, um, they are they are no. Sazed did. Mines. I mean, Sazed, uh, like when you were sent to a shard, your body becomes vaporized. This is what happened to Vin. This is what happened yeah. to Vin. Yeah. Uh, Terravangian. which they is, evaporate. Yeah, they just they get vaporized. Okay, which is cool. funny because shards do leave a body. Like when a vessel dies, they will leave a body behind that was raised yeah. at the end yeah. of the war, for example. And like if Ellen had been paying attention, he would have seen Laras's body when uh, Laras died. I mean, I checked this okay,
1: interesting this thing. I, I, when I was preparing the notes for this episode, I had the same question. I was like, did the copper mines had something to do with him being able to ascend or whatever so i checked and what he does is he sees two like columns of white and black power mm-hmm. and he grabs them with his arms and when he does he has the intent and the like vo- he takes the voluntary action of taking those powers and that is Basically the act of ascending to say I want to take the power in contrast to Vince, saying I want to release the power. So he went and he grabbed those. He didn't say mm-hmm. I want to leave them. No, he went and grabbed those. And as, as he did, his mind expanded. And as his mind expanded, he like sniffed all of his copper mines content in one shot. I can't imagine anyone being able to hold every religion that existed in history in your head at the same time because that would be like too much information for a human brain. That, that would probably be... I mean that, that has to have a consequence on, on you. Yeah, which is what we see like mm-hmm. with the
0: heralds and like that's why Hoyt stores his memories in breaths like we see in Rhythm exactly. of War. Right, but as he was ascending
1: he sniffed all of those like memories or knowledge or contents that he had in the copper mines and that's why he could mm-hmm. absorb them properly. And as he did that, it is clearly mm. said that okay. the copper mines, the, the actual bracers or rings or whatever they were, the, the earrings, they fell.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting. I wonder if in a museum somewhere in U2. That would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> that would be
1: really cool. This interpretation that I have of the effect of absorbing all of your copper mines content in one shot, I don't know if that's actually like that, but that's what I can... Like, imagine, or maybe... I mean, since Furukami seems, seems to affect the way that your body can process their new abilities, maybe your brain gets bigger, like Megamind. Mm. Like Megamente, the blue dude. <laughs> I mean, when Caesar yeah. gets
2: stronger, he oh gets my bigger.
1: He gets physically bigger.
2: I'm never going to be able to see Seizeh as anyone <laughs> but Megamind now. Like, you you ruined this for okay, me. now he's <laughs> blue. But also made it ten he's times
1: better. Blue. He's got a huge
0: ginormous head yes yeah but i mean i mean shards have just such an expanded um, mind like with their power and like they can see like all the connections and they can use future uh sight it's called fortune in the cosmere well depending on who is skilled i wonder if size it is like middle skilled because uh laras was so good at it and at was pretty bad at it notoriously but who knows
1: so yeah if we, if we go on with the, the topics that we have to discuss, I mean, it's only natural to talk about the god metals, which are atium and lyracium. Oh, oh, and another nerdy fun fact. I mean, we probably discussed this a thousand times, and I'm going to say it again because I love this detail. The physical body of the shards, they have a solid, a liquid, and a vapor phase. Yeah, we discuss this when we talk about Plasma Phase for the body of the shards, which would be amazing. But, oh my, I mean, my remark with this is that I always remember, and my heart shrinks in my chest whenever I remember what the Atium Mistings did at the end of this book, and the way that they were burning and fighting, and they were like, oh no, we're not fighting to win. We know we're gonna die, we're fighting to get rid of this thing so you don't have more physical power. Ah,
0: mm-hmm. my heart. But the three parts. I mean like all three that parts. go all like all that like released investiture goes back into the spiritual realm, right? And mm. like even like the one that uh, Rashi used accused at the well and it starts gathering at the perpendicularity again. Which has to do with spiritual humidity and uh, very complicated things, Brad as mentioned that all i get them that that's like, a weird
2: very... really <laughs> I'm sure it's a very like scientifically based thing, but I'm just thinking of the heroes of Olympus, like every time you kill a monster it just like goes back down to Tartarus and I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean, no. That makes sense?
0: <laughs> That's just how it works in my head. Yeah, and it makes sense. Like not get into spiritual humidity right little, now because like, it's you very can't complicated. Destroy
2: energy. Thing. Uh-huh.
0: Exactly. Um again, the principles of thermodynamics. uh dynamic yeah. energy can't be created or destroyed only. Exactly. Or transformed, whatever version you prefer. And so, yeah, so we have Atium and Larasium, that are the two god medals that belong to uh, Ruin and Preservation, respectively. I mean, you see part of their names like in the medal. Hypothetically, we have who do, even knows how the ones for honor and cultivation are called because of their names, and if uh, like Racium is gonna change to Terravangel's name, who knows? There are a ton of things here. The point is, they don't fit into the allomantic chart or the ferrochemical chart or the um, hemology chart because they are god medals. And like many people, when they read Final Empire, assume that Atium is like on the chart, right? Because that's what you are led to believe, and it's, it's not. And we know Atium pretty well. I mean, it gives you the ability to more or less predict the future, like see like, how like people are going to move and you have the Atium shadows and all that, mm-hmm. which is dealing with connection and fortune, mm. big cosmic concepts, which is interesting that it's dealing with connection and fortune when, like, ATU wasn't very good at using, those fortune in particular, but connection he was arguably good at, but he wasn't very good at using fortune. Oh yeah, he was very good,
1: I mean, since we have been discussing Rhythm of War, if you think about what, oh my, this is so painful to remember, about what Dahlia did to Kaladin at the end of *Freedom of War, in which he connected. The only explanation that it's given is that Dalinar says, I'm gonna connect him, and you're like, connect him to what? Uh, And it's metaphorical and complex, but it connects him with his bonds, with his love, with, with his meaningful people, and it's actually what this bastard Ruin is doing to Spook, by kind of connecting him with someone who is not there anymore. A memory, and using it to manipulate him, so, ugh,
0: ruin. And ruin. also, like, hemology is creating, like, false connections. Yes. When it rips out the part of a spirit web and puts it in someone else's. Like, those connections don't exist, and they shouldn't exist. Yeah.
1: But, yeah. I mean, uh, one, one more thing that I want to mention about Atium and Lerasium is that... The upcoming book for Misborn Era Two is called The Lost Metal, and we don't know what is that lost metal. It could be Atium, it could be irassium, it could be harmonium, stadium Sa- or
0: however you call it. it. Because I know I there's some people really that know. don't like the name harmonium. Ian, I like sesesium. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, Ian inevitably hates the name harmonium.
1: Uh. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, what is the lost the lost metal? Uh, what are the properties of the body of harmony? He has to have a body, a physical manifestation. He has to have a pool. He has to have like a mist or a vapor or a gaseous form. And he has to mm-hmm. have a metal. What if he has a mineral or something like that? No, they are all metals. Hmm. Yeah, they're
0: all metals. It's all metallic. Like Just the material uh, shard blade are made of. For yes. example, they're made of the equivalent... Uh, about of the mix of whatever uh, honors, god medal is in cultivations because we don't know what, what the man names man, for man. those mm-hmm. actually are. Yeah,
1: it's just fandom speculation. The sacerium, sacerium and Tanebastium are fandom speculation. Racium is canyon. Atium leracium.
2: So the metal the shard blades are made out of. That's kind of like the siblings metal almost, like with a mix of cultivation and yeah, honor. Yeah, it it's a
0: mix of cultivation and uh, honor. Uh, Brandon hasn't given us a name, so we don't know what it actor is, but he has said it is. A mix of Siglinium. Cultivations and anion Oh, I, I wouldn't think it's named after a sibling, because a sibling is a Sprint, right? But it's essentially similar to like the concept of like Tower Light, where it's like the mix of honor and cultivations and vestiture. <laughs> only in a solid form. Oh, that opens the
1: possibility, I mean, you can mix the lights in Rhythm of War. We have seen that lights can be mixed and fused into something new, so... If you can mix the lights, you can probably make an alloy of the metals.
0: Speaking of alloys, there is a, uh, well, I don't even have to look for this when I know what it is, about the alloys of loracium, but let's talk about loracium a bit and then we talk about the alloys. So loracium is the metal that Ellen finds at the Will of Ascension uh, that turns him into a Mistborn. Hoyt also took one of those beads, which is why he is a Mistborn now. The epigraph in chapter 9 talks a bit about this. It says, "Uh, one of these was an understanding of the three talking about like Rorschach's Ascension
1: in which uh, the word of Ascension because know no. if that's an epigraph from Rhythm
0: of War or no, no 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 from Hero of Ages uh, chapter okay. 9 of Hero of Ages uh, and it's talking about Rorschach's Ascension and it says one of these was an understanding of the three metallic arts he knew for instance that the nuggets of the metal in the chamber of Ascension would make those who ingested in them into mistborn. They were, after all, fractions of the very power of the well itself. So I mean, yeah. It's Larasium And let's not get into uh, speculating what it does in hemology. We don't actually know about uh, ferrucamy because it's not on the table for some reason. Like the metals are there, it doesn't say what they do. We know uh, ATM stores age, but we have no idea how Larasium does. Yeah,
1: I mean, because probably this mm, hemologic chart is also, as everything we get, an in-world text. So it's very likely that they don't have a physical way to test what you can obtain if you are gore enough to go and make and spike someone with lyracium because there's no more lyracium to make a spike of.
0: Yeah, because it says steals all abilities. What does that even mean? And
1: all of
0: it, yeah, like they spent I don't know how long speculating about this on the short cast team allergy episode, uh the first one, so if you want to go listen to that and listen to all their speculation, go listen to that because it's a lot, but yeah, wow. and regarding the alloys, uh there is a lot that like people ask them, like, what would Laraisine alloys do? so if you alloy like Laresium with a uh, pewter, for example, you would become a pewter arm, and like that relatively uh simple, not as. N- crazy as like ATM alloys, which we've speculated on and we've run the numbers on in the Legendarium Discord. So there are thousands of potential alloys that will obviously not all get explored in the books.
1: Oh Brandon, what have you put yourself into with this a <laughs> and energy business?
0: So, uh, you can follow us and contact us through all our social media. The links are in the show notes. Uh, join the Discord. The link to that is in our Instagram bio, and, or you can also DM us. And email us at worldhoplishpodcast at gmail.com if you uh, want. Either suggestions for future topics or uh, feedback or anything really. Uh, you can find uh, me on the 17th Shard forums and Discord under the profile Shane Insidai if you want to contact me through over there. Tell us your feedback, ask us your questions, we'd love to hear your thoughts, Uh, especially questions, we always love listener questions. Uh, And if you enjoyed the show, please support us on Ko-fi if you can, the link is also below and it's on the uh, link tree like on all our social media so like we can keep improving. Our first goal is to get some better mics so that our audio quality uh, goes up and so we can bring you a better experience. Uh, Let us know what you think of the show and what your favorite moments of the Cosme have been tell us your theories about what uh, Brandon has going on in his mind. Lost Metal is coming up next year, and so as we wrap up Mistborn Year 01, it would be appropriate to get some Mistborn uh, theories in uh, for when we start to discussing um, era too sometime if you've enjoyed the show we would love it if you can give us a five-star review on itunes or wherever you listen to your podcast rating the show helps listeners find us and build a community around it make sure to share the podcast with other brandon sanderson uh, brandon Sanderson. <laughs> <laughs> you Yay! You stuck the so to me. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Uh, with other Brandon Sanderson fans you know, and anyone t- you want to introduce to the series, uh, we know how hard it can be to try to explain all this to someone new without overwhelming them. Thanks for listening, and on behalf of all of us, remember journey before destination. Bye! Bye! Bye!